I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 18 through 19. These verses have been dear to my heart these past few weeks because I've needed to cling on to something. And God has been there. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. Says it, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have taken refuge, we have strong encouragement, and we've taken hold of the hope set before us. The hope that we have as an anchor of the soul. Hope both sure and steadfast. And one which is eternal within the veil. Where Jesus has entered as a forerunner. Having become the high priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. Lord I come before you today and I ask that you place in my heart that which you have for us to see. Or to hear tonight. That God you would anoint my lips to speak that which our hearts desperately need to hear. God that I may die and you live. That God that our hearts would not only be hearers of your word. But that God we could leave and put it into action. In our homes. In our communities. And in our families. In your blessed name we pray. And the church of God says. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for a few moments. For a few moments, I want to speak over the subject, it still holds. There is something unique about the hope that God has given us, something that God has placed for us, for in our times of need. There is a design, a structure, a reason why. And for those of us here tonight, God has come to remind us certain things about this anchor. Certain things about this hope that will get us through whatever we face in life. There are some things that I want to cover tonight because I believe that in our lives we all face one time or another difficult moments where we need something to hold us through. Moments where the wind blows so hard that it would knock us down or lead us astray. Moments where it seems impossible and life looks like it's too heavy to carry. But God tonight has come to remind us that no matter what you face, it still holds in your situation. That no matter what you are going to go through, his hope still pulls you through the storm. That no matter what sickness you are facing or even living in right now, the anchor has not lost its grip. The problem is that sometimes we lose our grip. We lose focus on who we should hold on. But tonight, God has come to remind us it still holds. One of the first things I want you to notice about an anchor. An anchor is designed for a reason. What is the reason why an anchor is designed? An anchor is designed to hold you steady in the midst of the waters. I don't know if you've ever gone fishing before, but when you go out fishing and you let down the anchor, it's because you found a spot in your life or in that ocean or in the lake where you want to fish, so you want to stay there. (coughs) So what the anchor does, it keeps you steady. 
The waves come, but you remain in the same spot. The design of the anchor is to keep you from leaving where God has placed you in. The design of your hope, which is Jesus Christ, has been designed to keep you. So when the waves come, you still remain standing. You still remain moving forward. Because I'm going to tell you, life can come and slap you up on the side of the head. And it will try to knock you down. But I'm going to tell you, like they told God. Wolf. You can huff and puff, but I'm not going down in the name of Jesus because I know where I stand. That hope keeps you standing. See, when you see a boat on the water, it's just going up and down, up and down because that's how life is. There's days where it's good and there's days where it's bad. There's days where you feel like dancing and there's days where you can't even walk. But in those moments, that anchor was designed to keep you in the midst of whatever hell you face. Steady where God has put you in. See, I, I'm telling you, the design of this anchor is what's got me still standing. If it wasn't for the anchor, you wouldn't be here today. It wasn't because of your teddy bear sitting next to you. It wasn't because of your money in your pocket. It wasn't because of what you thought you could do. It was because God has sustained you through the rest of the worst moments of your life. You didn't get by by the skin of your teeth. You got by by the grace and the hope of God. You didn't get by because you hit the lotto. You got by because you trust his word. It keeps you where you belong it doesn't leave you astray I know some of you younger folk don't know the movie Jaws but in that movie there was this one individual who was on this float didn't have an anchor and the waves started to move it further away well guess what out of nowhere Jaws comes out now, I know you go back and you look at it, and it looks so fake. But it tells you a story for real that you don't even know about. And that is, if you're not careful, you're going to float away into some places where Jaws is waiting for you to take you down. This is why you need an anchor. It keeps you grounded. Some of us, sometimes, we think we're all that a bag of chips and some government cheese, and we think we got it all together, but that's because you got nothing holding you down. But when you hold on to God, it's going to keep you right. We get so stuck up sometimes. Some of the most stuck up people I've met sit right there in those pews. I see them on Sundays. I've seen them where I've gone to preach. You know, they walk up so perky thinking they're all that. But I'm here to tell you, they've lost where they belong. That anchor's meant to keep you right here where you belong in God. So when temptation comes, you don't move. So when struggle comes, you don't move. When pain comes, you don't move. It's got you right where you need to be. You know, it's easy to just get up and move. That's why God says you need this anchor. I designed it to keep you straight so you won't fall astray. How many of you, when you're driving, you get a little drowsy, how do you start driving? In and out. Yesterday, we were traveling to Bryan to go visit the church. And the brother taking me was driving me, and I took a little siesta. But I started feeling like we were off the road. I said, you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. 
He had about four pieces of gum in his mouth trying to keep him awake. Couldn't even talk because he didn't want to fall asleep. And what happens is that when you get a little drowsy, you start drifting off. And this is the thing. We don't always know where the devil's going to hit from. And if you're not careful, you start to drowse. And you start to go the wrong direction. But God said, it's okay. I got you where I need you. I'm going to hold you here for a little bit. It holds you steady. <clears throat> it doesn't let you go astray. Some of you should be dead and buried, forgotten, and left alone. But you're still here because God's kept you where you needed to be. You should have been messed up from your feet up. But God still got you here because he's kept you grounded. You know that when, when you look at a, a plug, it has three prongs for the plug to go in. One's ground, the other one's fire. I don't know what the other one's for, but I'm not going to worry about that one. And you know when you have a stinching cord, see, I have an old house. And in my church, it was built in 1942. So a lot of the plugs only have two prongs. But the third one, how many of you remember, you know that little round one? That's the ground. And, and one day, I, they were going to go plug it in. So they couldn't because it had two prongs only instead of three. So one of my boys had this bright idea. I just break off the ground. It's not going to hurt anything. It's okay. And I see them there. I'm like, man, I just paid 50 bucks for that stinching cord, and you're going to break it because you're trying to make it fit where it don't belong. And the problem with that is, that if it's not well grounded, it's going to cause a short and then a fire. And God says, this anchor keeps you grounded. That way you don't worry about getting too hot and you blow up and do things you shouldn't do. You say things you shouldn't say because you're well grounded. You're grounded on the word. You're connected with God. You know why some of you men stick your foot in your mouth with your wife? You ain't grounded. Am I lying? How many of you men had to sleep in the doghouse sometime this past month? Because you put your foot in your mouth. You ain't grounded. When you're right where you belong, you're like, honey, I love you, baby. You're all I think about. You're all I need. When you're not grounded, you're like, what's wrong with you, woman? And then she turns around and says, what you call me? Nothing, honey. When you're not grounded, you get into some trouble. The anchor keeps you steady. It keeps you where you should be at all times. God has come tonight to remind you that we need to stay where he has put us at. We need to stay where God has put us there. This means we are supposed to hold on because we're going to go for the right of our lives. But God's going to keep you exactly where you need to be at regardless of the waves. <clears throat> How many of you have ever gone on a boat and you just see the waves? But it's good to know that no matter where you go, you're still grounded where you need to be. They said that this little boy went out and he got on his boat. He came back. He tied it to a pole. He said, I'll come back and go fish later. Problem he did was he didn't tie it upright. And because the waves are always there. I mean, how, when have you ever seen the ocean still? Even if the waves aren't high, but there's still a what? A motion to the ocean. So he thought he tied it upright, but the boat got away. It got to where it was too far to reach because it wasn't well tied to the anchor. Tonight, church, I've come to remind you, 
God has you where he wants you. Hold on and don't let go. <coughs> Second thing about the anchor. It's the way it's made. The anchor smith has one of the greatest responsibilities. Because in his task, your life depends on it. In his hands, there's a matter of life and death. If he uses the wrong material on your anchor, it's going to break when the storm comes. If he uses material that bends easily, it's going to fall apart and you're going to be stranded or you're going to hit some rocks. But I've come to tell you that we don't have nothing to worry about because our anchor is made of two designs. How many of you have ever seen an anchor? It's got a left and a right hook. And the Bible says it's made of two things that are unchangeable. It's the word of God and the oath of God. God says, I'll never lie and I'll never speak one to you and I'll never walk in a lie and I have an oath that I'll keep because I am God that's my anchor he's never going to lie so that means everything that he's given me in scripture is never going to let me break down everything he has promised he keeps his oath because he is a God who is faithful to what he does the anchor smith has to make sure the well the well the metal holds well, church, we got the best anchor smith you can think about. His name is Jesus Christ. He says, I got this for you. It's not made by flesh and blood. I made it with the blood that I shed on Calvary that whatever you need, you can come to me and you can have it in Jesus' name. I have a blessing in knowing that he will not let me down. I don't know about you, but sometimes it seems like all hell breaks loose in front of you. But I got news for you. You got nothing to worry about because goodness and mercy got your back. The Bible says, for surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So bring it on, devil. Give me what you got. Send my way because behind me are the goodness of God and the mercies of God. And I'm coming and I will stomp you down and I will keep moving because greater is he that is in me. Sometimes we forget who's got our back. Jesus does. We're all moping. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Hey, quit your whining. We're too busy taking all these selfies. We forget to look what's behind us. Wait a minute. That's the goodness of God back there. Wait a minute. That's the mercy of God. Forget about your friends being caught up in your selfie. Remember who saved you and changed you. And he said, I will watch your back wherever you go. And I will take you and never leave you. Problem is you got so much clutter on your selfies, we can't see Jesus behind you. Some of you are professional selfies. You can throw up your phone in the air and it catches it. You're like them gunslingers. Quick! Quick to pull out them selfies. Now, for those of you who got a flip on, it takes a little longer. But I got to tell you today, you got nothing to worry about. Your, your anchor smith is Jesus. And he's never done something to break. He's never done something to go wrong. He's never done something to mess up on you. He's always kept his word. And if he says he'll do it, he'll do it. <clears throat> We're so quick sometimes to say, God, I guess you're not coming. Let me tell you something. God ain't your best friend. God ain't your tia you've been waiting for for weeks. 
God ain't your boss you've been waiting to pay you. God ain't your next door neighbor. God is your savior and he's always been there for you. So don't you put your trust on anybody else but Jesus Christ because he always keeps his word. He always says what he's going to say. I mean, you know people that say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this and they don't do nothing. You know people like that? Now, they're sitting next to you, don't say amen. But how many of you know people who are always saying all kinds of stuff like that? See, Jesus doesn't only say it, he backs it up. When there was a need for water, what do you do? Don't worry about it. Bring me it. Pours out water into wine. When there's a dead man who's dead there, what does he do? He prays him and says, Lazarus, come forth. What he says happens. <coughs> Maybe you're looking for someone in your life. Don't look for no more. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the only one who will take care of you. He will never leave you. You know what it says when it says we can trust him? He's going to keep his word. He's going to be there when you call him. That's why the Bible says in the midst of my distress, I called upon the Lord and he heard my cry. When he says he's there, he's there. I don't know if you've ever been driving before or in your house. You know, we are so easily get scared when we hear bad things go on around this town or we hear that there's a, <coughs> an inmate that escapes and any noise we hear, we're like, we're ready to fight. The refrigerator turns on, Because our mind is running because we heard someone ran away and yes, they're going to come to your house. Of all the houses, they're in yours. And yet we have a hard time believing God at his word. The chances of one of the guys escaping to come to your house and all the houses of Bevio are very slim. But the chances of God keeping his word are always 100%. He never lies. He never cheats. He never messes up. But you can take him at his word. You just have to hold on. You have to take him. See, God doesn't mess up. I remember one time, she probably going to get mad at me, but y'all pray for me, guys. But one time, my wife went to go get her hair done. And the book said this. But what the lady that was cutting her hair didn't do this. She wanted a certain color, and it came out red. She thought she was going to make it happen. She thought it was going to come out Tannis blonde can tell you what color that was. He said, you're red. Not red, red wine, but said, you're red. And she comes out crying and everything. Look at what she did to my hair. And me, the nice husband that I am, it's all right, babe. I love you anyways. I didn't marry you. Yeah, you know I was lying. But I didn't marry you because of your hair. See, we can give our word on something. But even when we try to keep it, we always sometimes fall short. But God, if he said, me and my house shall serve the Lord, I got all of them right here praising God with me. If he promised me that by his stripes I'm healed, I'm going to walk in his healing. If he told me no weapon formed against me shall prosper, I'm going to take him at his word. Because God keeps his word. 
That anchor has two hooks. One of them is word, his promises. The other one is his oath. That means he'll never back down because he sealed it with his blood on Calvary. It's been sealed. That when the devil comes and attacks me, you know why sometimes he comes? But he always attacks me from far because I'm sealed in the blood of Jesus. Because he knows if he gets too close, he's going to get saved. That's why he attacks you from far away. He wants to knock you down, but he's like over there where Brother George is at. Hey, hey, look at me. He don't want to get too close because if he does, he's going to get saved. You know, you know, the devil's just like them bullies in school. I was kind of a semi-bully, not a real bully, just to act like I was a bully. <clears throat> and me and my friend had this thing that whenever somebody talked trash to us, we're like, oh, yeah, come on. And my friend would always hold me back. Yeah, come on. And he like, hold me back. Because, you know, I, I, there's no way I can take him. But I had to act like I knew what. Come on. And he's holding me back. Well, one day I forgot he wasn't there. I had nobody to hold me back. So I went, ooh, and I ran the other way. I could talk trash, but I couldn't back it up. I was writing out checks I couldn't cash. But Jesus, he says, his credit line is endless. You can walk up and tell that sickness in the name of Jesus and it's gone. You can go tell your son who's locked up and say, buddy, I know someone who can change you and salvation comes in. You can write out any check and God will cash it. He promised us that. Because he sealed it with his blood on Calvary. We're here because of Jesus. We're not here because of ourselves. Another thing about this anchor. <clears throat> not only the make of it that it's made of two unchangeable things. But this anchor can be relied on. Because it's not built on a lie. It's not built on something that is a fairy tale. I had a friend of mine that used to come to church. And he was barely learning how to play the piano. And one day he went with my brother Isaac to go minister. Isaac was younger at the time. And he was bragging about how good he was on the piano. Oh, I can play this. And I can, oh, when I get the piano, oh, the glory just fall. You know them type of musicians. So when he gets there, they didn't have no musicians. So the pastor heard him talking about how good he was. He said, why don't you play the piano tonight for us? That boy didn't know what to play when he got behind that piano. Because his word was on a lie. But mine is not on a lie. My word is on Jesus, on what he has said. It's on his nature. It's on his thoughts. It's on his design. It's on his actions. It's on how he's promised he'll never leave us. I don't have to worry that my metal on my anchor is fake because it's real. You know this thing about fake it till you make it? That's a lie from the devil. It's a lot of fake Christians trying to make it. That's why they keep falling. Don't fake it. Get right, get saved, and get right with God, and you're going to find out how you're going to make it. <clears throat> Let me tell you, whenever you, wear, whenever you wear fake jewelry, what happens? You can't sweat when you got fake jewelry, right? You come in with all these fancy bracelets, ladies, or men with these fancy watch, but because it's a little hot and you don't want to sweat because, you know, if you start sweating, you have a green mark coming down everywhere. 
fake gold always leaves a nasty stain. I mean, never seen that. So we're like, I'm not going to praise God today because I got fake stuff on. <laughs> and that's how our faith is sometimes. In here, we talk about we have faith. In here, we talk about we have hope. But when we're out there, where is it at? Why can't we live what we live in here? Why can't we sing what we sing in here? Why can't we praise in here like we do over there? Why can't we act over there like we do in here? We should serve a living God who stands at his word. So that means I should stand on my word. A pastor one day, a wife comes in and says, Pastor, my husband wants to talk to you. And the husband says, gets in the office with the pastor and says, I want to talk to you alone. I don't want my wife here. He sits down with the pastor and says, Pastor, you know where my wife stands every Sunday? Yes, sir. You know where she stands at every Wednesday? Yes, sir. I would like to rent that property right there. Pastor says, you want to rent it? Why? Says, because in that section right there, she praises God. In that section right there, she loves me. In that section right there, she praises you. In that section right there, she's always got a smile. But back at home, she hates me. She don't love me. She talks bad about me. But right there, she looks good. Why? Because she was faking it till she made it. You can't. You have to live by what God says. His hope is real. So then walk in hope. Don't walk in doubt. Well, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe it's not going to come to pass. Well, even if it doesn't, you know where your hope is. Let me tell you something about hope. Hope doesn't mean you have it and you just sit there and wait for something to happen. Hope means you get up and you do something about it. I went to the doctor the other day. I'm going to tell you this. I'll never take my wife with me again to the doctor. She asked way too many questions. I walked into that doctor just to get medication for my earache and my runny nose. I walked out with about 15 different medicines thanks to my wife. started giving me a list of all the stuff that was wrong with me. I said, man, I didn't come for all that. Give me this, give me that, give me that. He even told me I got a fatty liver. Now I got to put my liver in a diet. He says, sir, do you drink Dr. Pepper and Big Red? Do you smoke or do drugs? No. So this is what he says to me. Oh, so all you do is eat a lot. That doctor's about to get hurt. Well, I guess I can't lie. No. And this is what he tells me. You have to do something because if not, it could lead to something more serious. And this is the thing. I have hope that God can heal me. But this doesn't mean I can go around eating whatever I want. It means I got to get in a diet. That's what that means. I have hope I can lose weight and I'm going to look good. But I've got to get in a diet. I have hope that I'm going to be healed. But I got to eat right. It requires you to do something. 
We can't just sit there and hope. If you're waiting one day for God to give you a job and you're just sitting there on your seat, oh, I hope God's going to send me somebody today. Someday today, a big boss is going to come and knock on my door and say, because you had hope, I came just for you. That ain't going to happen, son. You're going to have to get out of your house, go look for a job, go business to business, and if they tell you no, go to the next one. They tell you no, go to the next one because you got hope that God's going to give you a job. Todo aplastado no agarrar nada. You ain't going to get nothing just sitting there. You got to walk in the hope of God. You have to get up and say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I don't care what stands before me, for I know who's behind me. Hope makes you move. If your hope isn't making you move, you ain't got no hope. You got no hope. This is what dead hope does. It mopes. It complains. It never goes and does anything. I don't know why nobody just get up and do something. I don't know why nobody cares about me. Because look at the way you look and the way you talk. I don't know why stop and get up and do something. We bunch of sissy lalas complaining about everything. Whining and complaining when God says all we gotta do is get up and walk in the hope of God. But God, why this? But God, why isn't this happening? But why, God, can this happen? Why don't we just get up and say, God, when it's ready, it's ready. Until then, I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to walk and I'm going to talk and I'm going to do everything you've called me to do because I'm going to walk in your hope. So I told my church, don't bring me no more IBC root beers. Those are my favorite. Don't bring me no more, no more chocolate milks on Wednesday night. That's my favorite. Don't gonna bring me no more. Don't bring me nothing. Pray for me. Because when I do lose weight, people won't get jealous. I just say. (laughs) But you know what? It ain't going to ever happen unless I do something about it. And you know why I can do it? Because I got hope. I'm not talking about Weight Watchers or Slim Fast or Slim Slow, whatever kind of slow. I'm talking about trusting God at his word. See, I lost over 100 pounds back in 2013 and 14. For some reason, it just loves me. It all came back. There's something about it that it wanted me. I was walking by the house one day, and it just jumped back on me. So I know that if I could do it before, I can do it again. But this time, there's no backsies. I'm not taking it back. I'm going to trust God. Because you know what? This is the reason I, when I left the doctor, I said, look, Lord. You promised me that I was healed. Now all I got to do is get up and do something. And this is why I want to do something. One, because I have my family and I want to live long enough to spend it with them. You know, my boy, Nathan just turned 17. And you know, one day he's going to have grandkids. And you know what? I'm going to spoil them to death. But in order for me to do that, I got to be alive. Ain't no dead man spoiling nobody. So for me to do that, I got to watch myself. And number two, I have a ministry. And if I want to do what God has called me to do, I got to take care of his temple. I got to get up in his hope and do something about it. Now, my problem is my fatty liver. What's your problem? Then get up and do something about it. Because while you walk in the hope, that is Jesus Christ. Maybe your problem is a lost child. Maybe your problem is, is, is whatever the case is with, you, with your family. But this is the thing. You get up and you walk in the hope of God. You come into church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Whenever you come, you leave walking in the hope of God. 
Ain't no devil going to hold you down. Second thing about this anchor, or the third thing about this anchor, our hold of the anchor. Now, it's made to hold you steady. It's made by unchangeable things. But it's going to require you to hold on to it. How many of you have ever seen an anchor? It's got a hole. And through that hole, what goes through there? A chain. The chain is your faith to hold on to that anchor. Your chain, your faith is what's going to hold you on to what God has promised. So when the devil says, God ain't going to come through, your faith says, no, he's already here. God ain't going to answer. Yes, he has. He's done it before. <clears throat> He'll do it again. That hope, you got to grab a hold of it. The translation that it uses, it means take it by force. That means you grab onto it and say, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to take God at his word. You got to be like Jacob and you got to grab that angel and say, angel, I'm not letting you go except you bless me. I'm not going to let go of this hope because I know God will answer. How many of you ever picked up something that's dirty, that's dirty or nasty and you go like this? Has that ever happened to you guys? I, 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 you know, there's, you, 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 you just want to get your hands dirty. Right, that's I've met people when, you, when they shake your hand, they barely touch you like this because they don't want to get your germs. You know, I remember when we were in school, we used to go, shh. We didn't even have spray. We just made the noise, and that made it clean. Whoosh. Chocantes queramos. Afraid to grab it. God says, don't be afraid to grab your hope. It's Jesus. Grab him. Say, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to hold on tight to you. But no, there we are. Lord, if you will, and you're in the mood, and you think you have some time, I'll be waiting for you. Lord, my problem is so big, but I know that one day maybe you'll come. To that ain't hope. When I walk into a roadhouse, steakhouse, I don't walk in hoping they have steak. I walk in choosing which one I want. I know they got steaks. That's why it's called roadhouse steakhouse. I went in there just yesterday. <laughs> and I walk in, and they have this big old freezer. And the lady says, sir, would you like to choose your steak? You don't tell me twice to choose my steak. I looked at them. Too small. Too small. Getting bigger. Not quite there yet. We got to them ribeye with the rib in it. You know, that's half a rib of a cow with the rest of the meat in it. My eyes went like I was looking at candy. See, when I walked in the store, I wasn't worried about them having a steak. I was worried about which one was going to be big enough for me. I walk in and I say, you see that one right there? That one. You know what I like about it? She gave me a ticket and she put my name on it. And she went to that steak and she put the steak, a little toothpick in the steak. And you know what that steak said? It belongs to Anthony. That meant that steak was mine. No one could get it. And I'm here to tell you today, the steak you have, it was already done in 2,000 years ago on Calvary. It's the steak on that cross that Jesus said, whatever you want, you can have it. It's yours. You just got to take it. I walked away looking at that steak. I said, I'll see you in a little bit. I'll get you in a little bit. 
But, but, but Josh was with me. He's like, what are you looking at? I'm looking at my steak. <laughs> it's got my name on it. I look at it. It gives me hope. It's coming. Well done. Juice coming out. Well done. And I'm telling you today, every time you come to this altar, you tell Jesus what you want and you walk away saying, it's got my name on it. It's got what I need. I left it there. I'm healed. I've been set free. I went and put it right there. Man, we should be walking out of church with a toothpick in our mouth. It was that good, man. I walked up and I came in broken, but I left out whole. I was messed up, but look at me now. Because we came and we grabbed a hold of it. You know, we were there yesterday. And, you know, I like to watch how I eat. <coughs> but when it comes to steak... Make me some room. Because I mean business. I grabbed the knife in one hand. I grabbed the fork in the other. And I already got my mouth smiling. Because what I called out to be mine is already there. And I'm telling you, maybe your blessing wasn't done yet. But it's got your name on it. And sooner or later, you will be served what you asked for. But you got to wait on it. I'm going to tell you, we waited an hour for that steak to come out. This is the problem. If God doesn't do it right away, then God ain't going to do it at all. That's a lie of the devil. <clears throat> Sometimes things don't happen fast. Sometimes they take their time. God is telling you today, grab a hold of your blessing. Whatever you need, grab it. What have you been praying for? Grab it. Whatever you're asking, grab it. Even if you don't get it right now, you'll get it tomorrow. And if you don't get it tomorrow, come back on Wednesday. It'll be waiting for you. And if it wasn't waiting on you Wednesday, it'll be on here on Sunday. But you grab it. And you put your name on it. It's already been done. <clears throat> you grab a hold of it. It does you no good to have such great hope, but never grab it. I would have been a fool yesterday had they sat that steak right there and I just looked at it. Hmm. Wow. Really? Woo! Okay, let's go. And I left it there. You know what? I would leave hungry. I would leave more broke than I walked in. And I left a perfectly good steak on the table. It's up to me to take it. God says, I got such great faith. I've got such great hope. <clears throat> I can supply all your needs. All you got to do is take it. Grab it. Take it. You sons, oh, they're being rebellious. Don't go chew them out. Just shake their hand. And by faith, you take it. <clears throat> Don't get mad and tell them they're going to hell where they belong. That ain't going to save nobody. You shake their hand. You take it. When they're out of the house, you lay your hands on that pillow and you bless it. And you take your son. You take your daughter back. You take back your husband. You take back your wife. You take back what the devil has told from you. Maybe it's not there right now, but you take it back. 
You grab a hold of it by faith. God said his promises are yes and amen, but I got to grab them. I got to take them. I got to do something with them. God is telling you today, quit your yakking and start taking what's yours. Grab it. Walk in faith. <coughs> There's hope. I'll tell you what hope does. When you grab a hold of hope, it never lets you give up. When my mom was in 43 days, 44 days without eating or even being able to drink water, she was basically starving to death. A few weeks before they came and we started to worship with her, she would raise her hands. By this point, she couldn't raise her hands no more. She was too weak. And we started to sing. And you know what she would do? She'd move her foot. You couldn't take hope out of her. She couldn't raise up her hands, but her foot was moving. She would be singing, and her foot was moving, and tears were coming out of her eyes because she had hope. Even if he doesn't heal me now, I'm going to feel better in a little bit. Even if he doesn't take me out of this, I'm going to feel right in a little while. Hope doesn't let you quit. Hope doesn't let you think it's over with. She stood there to the very end. And I'll never forget, we sang the last song, Alaba Jehovah. And the last thing she did was she gave one final breath. She smiled and her tears came out of her eyes and she was gone. But she never lost her hope. Maybe all you got is just your foot wiggling. I can't know. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You just move that foot. I don't have much to give God praise, but I can give him with a little bit that I have. I don't have a lot to give, but I have a song to sing to him. I can worship him right now. I can praise him because he's been good to me. I cannot let go of what God has done for me. Hope doesn't let you quit. <clears throat> you know why Rocky Balboa never gave up? Because Adrian <laughs> was always on her corner. Remember the last fight he had against the Russian? All puffed eye, eye, and everything. What was the first thing he cried for? Adrian! That was his hope. Hope doesn't let you quit. Hope in Jesus says, you know what? You may have knocked me down. But the Bible says, I'll get back up. You may have knocked the wind out of me, but I'll get back up. You may have forsaken me, but I'll turn around and keep moving forward. Hope doesn't let you quit. The Apostle Paul got beaten to a pope. He was left in his own blood. But what did he do? He got up. He kept preaching. Hope don't let you quit. You know, it's time we stop being stubborn with our parents. <clears throat> it's time we stop being stubborn at work and show up whenever we want. It's time we stop being stubborn with the pastor and be obedient all the time. And it's time we get stubborn with the devil and tell him I'm not quitting for nothing. We're stubborn with the wrong people. This is the way, you know, my, my, my son had this habit when he was little. We used to call him. He'd be like, come here. Come here. He'd always shake his head no. Like, come here. We'd have to go get him by the arm. And I'm going to tell you, that's what you need to be with the devil. No devil, no devil. I'm not going to let go. No devil, no devil. I'm not going to quit. No devil, I'm not going to stop praying. No devil, I'm not going to turn my back on you, my God. No devil, I'm not going to throw in the towel. No devil, I'm holding on to God. And he'll come through soon enough. 
best thing about this anchor. It's his unseen grip. When you throw the anchor down, you don't know where it goes. You just know it goes to the ground. And it grabs a hold of something. And we have this misconception that if we don't see God doing something now, he's not at work in our lives. We can't see what the anchor's doing. We don't know where the anchor is at. But what we do know is we feel it's strength, holiness. Maybe you don't know what God is up to in your life. Maybe you can't figure out what he's doing. But you can feel him holding you there. It's that unseen grip that while up here everything is going haywire. Down there, he's just got you. It's going to be all right. While up here, sickness and problems and worries and everything, he's got you here holding you. Just holding you right there. Saying weeping may endure for the night, but joy is sure to come. Weeping may endure for a little bit, but it ain't going to last forever. Pain and sorrow you may go through right now, but though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's just a moment. I've got you right here. You may have been wounded, but you're not dead. You may have been knocked down, but you're not forgotten. You may have been stepped on, but I'm not going to forget you. I'm holding you on. No matter where you go, I've got you. You've been knocked around through sickness. You've been hit in all kinds of ways, but I've got you, says the Lord. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to forsake you. I didn't bring you this far to let you go. And while you're up here not knowing what to do, he's got you. He's got you. Tonight I'm here to tell you, church, he still holds you. He still loves you. He still cares for you. He still got the power. He still heals. He still delivers. He's got you right there. Holding you. Holding you. I don't know what you need tonight, but God says, don't you worry. You may not see me at work, but I've got you. i got you right here. You may have not known what I'm doing, but if I don't answer you, it's because I'm too busy holding you. I'm too busy making a way for you. I'm too busy opening up doors for you. You just hold on. He's not going to let you go. You know why I'm here? Because God didn't let me go. You know why I haven't quit? Because God didn't let me quit. You know why I haven't given up? Because God didn't give me the chance to give up. He's holding me. He's holding me. What do you need tonight? God says, don't you worry. I got you. Your sons are coming. Just hold on, mama. Just hold on, mama. Your, son, your husband's on the way. Just hold on. It's coming. I've got you. This is what the Bible says. <clears throat> the apostle said I have apprehended him who has apprehended me means that Jesus came and got a hold of him he said I had no choice but to grab a hold of him and what God is saying tonight is grab a hold of God so tight because he's never going to let you go but you hold on because the devil's going to yank on you he's going to try to pull you down but I'm going to tell you God can outlast the devil so hold on to God long enough the devil's going to have to let go sooner or later I can't see what you're doing, God. But I know you got me. I don't understand where you're taking me. 
but I know you got me. This coming week, we have our men's retreat. My prayer, my desires for 250 on this first retreat. <clears throat> A few weeks ago, I called Brother Dale. I said, Brother Dale, send me all the t-shirts you got, sizes, because I need to start getting ready. See, in my mind, I was expecting a lot. He sent me 43 shirts. For a moment, it just hit me. I said, God, I know. You didn't promise me you'd be with me if you're not going to be with me. See, and while all this is going on, the devil is coming with everything he's got. I'm telling you, the month of February, I made it out by the grace of God. It's the shortest month of the year, but man, it's been the hardest. Another week went by <clears throat> after the second deadline. We're barely at 90 people. I'm like, God, we're getting closer. <clears throat> this Friday, he sent me some more. Brother DeLeon sent me some more. We're at 189. Almost there. 60 more. That's it. We started off with 43, right, Brother Dale? All we need is 60 more. I was at a conference yesterday. People haven't, haven't reserved, registered their rooms. <coughs> we'll be there, Pastor. We'll be there, Pastor. You know what? I don't know about you. I don't understand what God is doing, but I don't need to understand. I just need to hold on because I know that God will make a way where there is no way. I know that I know that I know that I know that God will come through. <coughs> I got hit in my church through some of the families. My wife's car's engine went out. My health has been up and down all the month of February. The last day of February, my sewer lines under my house bust. This is my hope. March is coming. New month, new beginnings. New month, new blessings. I, I'm telling you, had it not been for God holding me, I don't know where I'd be at today. But I'm here, church, to tell you, he's got you. He's got you. You may not understand where he's taking you. You don't need to. You just need to hold on. My youngest son, every time we're going to go somewhere, he's like, Dad, where are we going? Just get in the truck. It's not like you're going to drive. It's not like you're the one going to give me direction. Just get in the truck and let me drive. God is telling you, don't ask, just get in. Just get on the back of my motorcycle and let's go for a ride. Just get in the back and I'm going to show you great and marvelous things. But you got to know, he's holding you. He's holding you. He hasn't let go. He's telling you, just hold on. Things don't make sense, I know. But he says, I got you. 
Sometimes it seems like he's, you're trying to slip away and he's trying to slip away. But God says, I got you, man. I'm not letting you go. I'm not going to let you go. You got too much responsibility, son, to let go. You got to hold on. But know this, you're not holding on to some lie. You're not holding on to whatever is out there. You're holding on to God. And maybe you don't see why you're even sitting here. But God says, I brought you here to make you steady and to keep you. That when you're going through your ups and downs, I got you. For surely goodness and mercy got you. That even though you don't understand why this, that, or the other, God says, I got you. It's going to be all right, son. It's going to be all right. I didn't call you out to leave you. I didn't call you out to leave you stranded in the ocean. I called to hold you on. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, right? It's going to be all right, right? Because that's what God does. Brother Dale, come with me. That's what God does. He, he, he holds you. He holds you. God didn't bring you this way to let you go. Come on, Brother Dale. Get him, brother. He's got you no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing. He's not going to let you go. He says, I brought you too far to let you go. I made you come through all of the stuff you've gone in. I'm not going to let you go. I didn't give up yet. Don't give up yet. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It still holds you. Hold on. He's got you. He's got you. He's got you. Just hold on. He's holding you. He's holding you. He's holding you. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't quit on you. He hasn't turned his back on you. No will he give up on you. He didn't bring you to say, you know what, you're on your own. He brought you to remind you that no matter what you face, I've got your back. Goodness and mercy going to follow you everywhere you go. Just hang on a little bit longer and you're going to see the goodness of God. Just wait a little longer and God's going to come through. You can't give up. Hold on. Hold on. This is your day. This is your hour. Maybe you've let go of the grip and you say, I don't know how much more I can take. It's okay. God's got a hold of you. He's not going to let you go. church he's here just grab a hold of him just grab a hold of him just grab a hold of him he's here he's here He's here. He's 
got a hold of you. He's going to make you unmovable. He's going to make you stronger. He's going to walk you right in the right path. He's got a hold of you. Oh, he's here, church. Yes. Come. Come. Come to the deep water. Come to the deep water. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Come. He's got a hold of you. You got nothing to worry about. You got nothing to fear. You got nothing to worry what's going to happen with your family. Come. He's got a hold of you. He's got a hold of you.